What's with this band anyway? I don't get it, can you please explain? Wait, like, bandsplain? Welcome, Welcome to, to Bandsplain. Band do you just want to, do you want to do it, Dylan? <laughs> I'm producer Dylan and Yossi is extremely hungover. <laughs> yes, I did have uh, six or seven White Claws yesterday and in fact a Long Island iced tea, if you must know, and it did culminate in me jumping in the van of the band Eve's Tumor and forcing them to listen to the Goo Goo Dolls at top volume while they all stared directly straight ahead, stone-faced, and did not make eye contact with me. So we don't need to talk about it anymore. This is a special episode today. This one goes out to the Reply Guys. It's the listener mailback episode. I'm very sorry. There will be no bands explained today. But we gathered some of your most burning uh, questions and some more of a comment than a question. Definitely a lot of more than comments than questions. That's fine. That's fine. Should we just get fucking get into it? Let her rip? LFG. Let's fucking go. This is from a woman named Ingrid. Let's hear what Ingrid had to ask us. Hit it, Tari. Hello, Yasi and producer Dylan. My name is Ingrid, and I'm wondering... When and if you're going to do uh, an episode of Bandsplain about Jeff Buckley. I listened to a good number of your episodes. I was really intimidated because they're like three hours long. And I was like, I, can't, I don't know if I can focus for that long. But I started with the Modest Mouse one. It really got me in my feelings. And then I loved it. And I'm nervous for when you guys do Jeff Buckley, if you do. Because I have very strong emotional attachments to him. And I have a tattoo about him, and I'm basically like a hopeless romantic about him in the most, like, pathetic way of obsession and wanting him to like me even though he's dead. I'm hoping you don't break my heart with that episode. Just wanted to get it out there and say, please do, Jeff Buckley. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about him. And please be nice about him. (laughs) Ingrid, I get it. First of all, thank you for the kind words, Ingrid. Doing the show intimidates us, too, every time we have to sit down to do it. Multiple times, listening over and over again. We're probably not going to tell any of you what bands we're going to do upcoming. But I will say, Jeff Buckley's hot and I understand. Yeah, he's hot. And he also died doing my favorite thing in the world, night swimming. Are we allowed to say what episodes are coming down the hatchet? I just said to you. (laughs) But that's like future ones, not ones that we've like done done. They don't know that. Okay, that's true. Yeah. The production schedule is not public. The production schedule is under (laughs) lock and key. It is in the Federal Reserve Bank. (laughs) You need a fingerprint and an ocular scan to get. To a factor authenticity. That's right, babe. Okay. Producer Dylan's new. You have to forgive her. Let's read an email question. Producer Dylan, take it away, babe. Okay. 
Josh asks, I'm sure this is something you and producer Dylan have to think about all the time, but what makes a band bandsplain worthy? I've seen the word cult used, mm. but like Dire Straits have sold more albums than basically anyone. So what makes a band worthy of being bandsplained? I could let you answer this one, producer Dylan, if you want, or I could like make yeah. something up that sounds compelling. But the truth of the matter is just that I decide because I'm the queen of this show. So it's whatever I want. Yeah, I think that's like the bottom line. And then I think yeah. like the lines above it are we did start out a lot more culty. True. Like it was like Cool Keith and ICP and shit like that. But now that instead of being like we're a fun music podcast and now we're like a four hour music documentary every week, I mm -hmm. think we've allowed ourselves to tackle bigger artists. Would you agree? No. I, I don't agree. I, I think since the beginning, what I've said is that the organizing principle is basically bands that most people have heard of and can even maybe name a song or two or three, but don't know much past that. Also, no, everyone forgets that there's a two fucking part thing that I do in every introduction. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Bands Plane. I am your host, Yossi Salik. This is a show about cult bands and iconic artists. Iconic Everyone artists, forgets there you the go. iconic artists part, babe. Iconic artists. Really puts a catch-all. So that's how we decide. Okay, guys, this next question comes from producer Casey's dad, Mr. Simonson. Why do you fucking hate Wilco? Okay, babe, a little a little aggressive off top. That's an attack. I don't fucking hate Wilco. And I think it was made pretty clear in the episode with the lovely Jason Woodbury that I quite enjoyed much Wilco. I really liked AM. I really liked the song whose name I can't remember off being there. I quite enjoyed the Jesus Take the Wheel song. Jesus don't cry. I like Wilco. I don't understand. I might not have the fervor and passion of the Casey's dads of the world, but I do not hate Wilco. Yeah, I stand by Yossi. I thought she was open-minded. Thank you. She listened to my thoughts about Yankee Hoftel Foxtrot. Your thoughts were basically that it reminds you of your parents' divorce, so it didn't give right. me like a huge understanding of the music. Right. But Well, it gave you probably a lot of insight into my psyche, and I thought True. that was maybe valuable for our working relationship. I feel like I have too much insight into your psyche at this point, yeah, and if there was a way we could like back that up, that would probably be good <laughs> for both of us. Um, all right, next question. We'll do an email question. I will read it. This is from Jim. Would love for you and producer Dylan to tackle Fountains of Wayne. I fell in love with Radiation Vibe driving to NYC from DC in 1996. It was a short drive. The next 10 years were a fuzzy, sweet romance with Chris, mostly, Adam and Jopo. Most of our time together was spent in Chicago. Me in my usual spot, stage right. Them manning the power pop cannons on stage. Great range, amazing covers. One of my favorites and a criminally underappreciated band. Was there a question in this email? I mean, yeah, you're right. New York to DC is like under four hours. It's like hardly a road trip, but that's fine. All right, Jim. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. Fountains of Wayne is cool. They're great. I love that song. That's all we can say about that. R.I.P. Adam. 
R.I.P. Adam. Very talented man. That was really sad. Shout out those movies. The Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. That thing you do, right? That's what it's called. Sure. Every time you do that thing you do. Extremely talented man. Okay. Next. Hi, Yasi and producer Dylan. My name is Nick. I'm a huge fan of the show. The question that I had is, it seems like Nirvana comes up quite often as a topic. I'm wondering, do you plan on doing a future episode on Nirvana? Or do you think that's a band that's been splained enough already? Thanks. Nick, babe, have you heard of edging? That's all. As a concept. Nothing. Nothing for me, Bruce <laughs> Nothing to add? Okay. Next, why don't you read a email question? Why didn't MXPX enjoy the same success as Green Day and Blink? Seemingly, they had similar album trajectories in the early mid-90s, but they didn't blow up like the others! Exclamation point. Why, Yossi? Why? Two question marks from Tori. It's a pretty good question, Tori. If I'm being honest, they're not as hot. I mean, they're musically great. Yeah. I wouldn't put them in the same category as Green Day, but also just, you know, Green Day was much earlier. It was a different time. People were hungry for, we've talked about this at length on the Green Day episode, people were hungry for some brightness and some color in a post sepia tone grunge world. Just you saying this and the visual of you just (laughs) horizontal wearing brown and just honestly like a sepia toned. This is an audio-only podcast, Producer Dylan. I'm describing what it looks like with words. Okay, next question. What up, Yasi? What up, Producer Dylan? What up, Bandsplain crew? Very early on in Bandsplain, I don't remember how or why, but I did detect some Radiohead disdain. And I have to ask, now that I have the opportunity, what's your beef with Radiohead, if there even is one? Carl, do you hear yourself, babe? If there even is one. What is this revisionist history that you've made up in your mind that you detected a Radiohead disdain? I don't have a Radiohead disdain. Does Radiohead have maybe one of the worst fan bases of all time? I mean, correct. That's not disdain towards the band. You can't choose your fan base. It's a fucking fantastic band. Kid A, gorgeous. The Benz, wonderful. In Rainbows, fucking slapper after slapper. There's no disdain for Radiohead here in this house. Producer Dylan, anything to add? I wouldn't call it disdain, but severe indifference, definitely. So maybe you just like picked up on my vibe. Speak for yourself. I am speaking for myself. Honestly, for the first time. Producer Dylan speaks. You're not into the jail of Yasi. <laughs> Sometimes. Next question. This question is from Mark. Hi, dear Bandsplain, one of my absolute favorite pods this year. I'm wondering if both of you have an artist that you're kind of afraid to do an episode about because of the intense emotional relationship you have with the artist. For example, every time I do a deep dive on Bjork and Tears for Fears, parentheses, yes, all these intense waves of feelings crash over me, making it hard to talk about in a cohesive way. Soundgarden and early Foo Fighters does this to me as well. I guess you, Yasi, are saving the Nirvana episode for a special occasion. <laughs> Thank you again for saving so many hours of my life with your wonderful episodes. Love from Sweden, Mark. Sweden? From Sweden. Shout out Sweden, babe. For the record, I think there's a misinterpretation 
of my relationship with Nirvana. Nirvana was my favorite band when I was 11 and 12 years old. And because of my age, it is my orienting compass around Mm -hmm. music. They're not my all-time favorite band. Like, I don't still have, like, Nirvana posters hanging in my walls. Like, this is not, like, the holy grail of bands for me. Okay, everyone? It's just your Rosetta Stone. Yes. I don't really remember what the Rosetta Stone is besides the is it, what, it was like app. the tablet mm-hmm. that gave clues into like how people languaged oh, in okay. the past. That's actually totally right. Yeah. I kind of have an answer to this and it's I, afraid is not the right word, but there are like... Intimidated. S- yeah. Or like there's artists that are like really, really special to me that I'm taking my time before we do them because I'm like, I'm more afraid of not doing it the justice that I want to because I revere them so much. But it's not because I'm afraid to like go there and deep dive emotionally into the material. Are you going to say what they are? No, because somebody yelled at me at Twitter once for like revealing an upcoming episode and now I'm like tender (laughs) around. Get a life. Leave me alone. Free Aussie. Okay, a couple are like PJ Harvey. I lost my heart. Pavement. Show me a word that rhymes with pavement. Those are the first two that come to mind. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you? Anything for you? We already did Graham Parsons. That was like your your beautiful. Yeah, that felt like my big beautiful one, especially with like the Graham Parsons and Lemonheads overlap. That really yeah. like killed two producer Dylan's with one stone. But I mean, like Lucinda Williams. That's probably sure. like my ultimate singer, songwriter, artist. Mm-hmm. And she has so many albums and has been around for so long. Mm-hmm. What's like a, I'm trying to think of like a band. What's like a band? <laughs> Welcome to our everyday life. It's, I was just sitting around staring at the computer being like, what's a band? Are there any bands anymore? Okay, next question. Move on. <laughs> Hi, Yassi. I was wondering if there were any genre of music or artist or even song that you prefer to listen to in a specific season. For instance, in the fall, I love listening to music from the 80s. And in the summer, it's definitely music from the 60s. I was wondering if you had anything like that. Thanks. Oh my God, Christopher, babe, thought you would never ask. Yes, every day in the month of December, I listen to a little ditty called A Long December by the Counting Crows at least once, if not thrice a day. I think I probably do. Like in the summer, I like to listen to like more like bright 90s rock. And then in the fall, I listen to more depressing 90s rock. And that's pretty much how it goes year round for me. What about you, producer Dylan? Usually like in the late fall, I tend to listen to more like synthy music and dark wave and slowcore and stuff like that. Slowcore, you say? Slowcore, I said. Sure. And in the summer, I listen to almost exclusively top 40 country. <sighs> Me, country, you, perfect. There's no seasons here anymore, so it's a little distorted. No, but seasons are spiritual. 
Yeah, that's fair. Should I read one? Yeah. This one's good. Emily really packed a lot in. Thanks, Emily. This is five questions in one. And it it's really a compliment sandwich. Love that for us. It's mostly for you. Love the first question <laughs> is, how do you choose the bands and experts for the show? How much research on average do you do for each episode? <laughs> do you take breaks during the recordings? Uh, my eye twitch is returning. Just thinking about these <laughs> questions. How did each of you come to doing this show? And uh-huh. then finally, Yasi, how did you cultivate your sense of humor? <laughs> I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's take it from the Should top. Should we go one by one? Yeah. Right. The first one we already answered. How do we choose the band? And experts. How do we choose the experts? Okay. It's, I wish I could say it was like... Have you heard of Google or Twitter? You know what? I'll be honest. We let God steer the ship. We hold hands and pray. Fate kind of like lands things on our lap. Like sometimes we get pitched. Sometimes it's like we know of a writer that we think is very cool and that we would love to talk to. It's kind of a mixed bag of how we pick the people. Yeah. What was the second question? Second question was... (laughs) How much research do you do? How much research do you do for each episode? A lot, babe. A lot. Um, If there's books written about the band or by the band, I'll read them with my dumb little, what are those called? Sticky flags. Post-it notes. Like grad students use because I don't like, Mm -hmm. I don't like digital books. So I purchase them and I mark them and then I'll watch any documentary that's available and interviews. I'll read interviews and reviews. So a lot. Yeah, that's why if a band's been around for like 40 fucking years, it takes takes like two weeks of... Uh, the same amount of time. Yeah, research. But to dovetail into your third question, no, we do not take breaks while we record. We do record each episode in two sections. So in that sense, there's a break. Um, but like, no, we kind of power through like huge chunks of time. There's like the big main record and then there's the one where we like wrap it up and get pickups. I do sometimes go pee while we play a song. Not me, because I'm a soldier. What was the next one? How did each of you come to be doing this show? Dylan, bad luck. Me. It's part of my job here. And that's all I'll say about that. But you called me when I was on a hike with a date in Palm Springs and you're like, are you doing anything? And I was like, I mean, at this moment, yes, but in general, no. I love how you had to like make sure that everyone listening to this knew that you went on a date once. Like 18 months ago. (laughs) Um, I asked Dylan because she is the smartest person I know. I was like whispering something nice in the background just in case. What were you whispering? I I forgot. I think I said like, you love me or I'm really nice or great. Okay. Cool. What's the next uh, question? (laughs) You know what it is. How did you cultivate your sense of humor? I was ugly when I was growing up. Next question. That's that's the end from Emily. Thanks, Emily. Yes. Hello. My name is Rob Harvilla. I am a Bansplain veteran. I was the guest on, I believe, the worst performing and also longest episodes of Bansplain. Those are two different episodes. My question is for producer Dylan. What artist do you really want to do an episode on that Yasi doesn't want to do? And what artist does Yasi really want to do an episode on? And you will not permit her 
to do them when you argue about who to feature on this show in the future. Who do you argue about? I just want to say that there's very few people who simply by saying, hello, how are you, can make me laugh. (laughs) And Rob Harvilla is just one of those people. And shout out to his children in the background of that uh, recording. This question is for you, Producer Dylan. So I'll just shut the fuck up, why don't I? And let you fucking answer it. Struck a nerve. I am looking at the spreadsheet to see mm-hmm. which ones the uh, one in the vault have that you have commented to, the ocular no i mean we've done a lot of the ones i'm really excited about and the ones that i really want to do i think fall under the category of very big band that we want to be able to like spend enough time on to not like preparing to not go insane i think my number one one which would be like a total producer Dylan special is Judy Sill because mm-hmm. I started working on a book proposal about her before I got this job. And then I was like, <laughs> that's never happening. But she's tragic and sad. Like us? No, it's, she's not like us. I don't know anything about her. It's a crazy story. Beautiful music on some God shit, for sure. Like us. Jesus was a that is true. We do have that in common. We're all on some God shit. That's pretty much it. Okay. It was a two-part question. Yeah, the other part is you. No, the other part is asking you what ones I want to do. The whole fucking question is for you, babe. Mm, That's so beautiful. I mean, (laughs) Rob, you kind of know already. It's the deed has been done. It was you too. And I got really sick after. So I kept saying I got the U2 flu or the the Mm. Bono Mono. And Yazzie didn't like that. Yeah, that one, I was just like, no, thank you. No offense. But because you did it, I enjoyed myself. I mean, a lot of the ones I was like, no, that's going to be intolerable. We've already done. And like, I'm still here. Yeah, because just for those of you fucking wondering at home, uh-oh, this is my show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Producer <laughs> Dylan is not in charge of me. <laughs> I only have her here because she is way smarter and more responsible and less mentally ill than I am. And therefore, she helps me out. But she is not in charge of me. For the record... Yossi texted me, I think, on Friday and was like, you may be smarter, but don't worry, I'm funnier. Show me the lie, babe. (laughs) Next question. I'll read it. This is from John. Choosing only from existing bands playing episodes, which three artists or bands would you choose to tour together? Who would headline? Who would open? For the purposes of this hypothetical, all artists would be in their prime. That's such a fun question. You go first, babe. Okay. Graham Parsons, no doubt. It would be Graham Parsons replacements, Lemonheads, probably. Sick. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Joni Mitchell's on there. Yeah, you thought too fast. You didn't take your time. I'm in the spreadsheet. I'm deep. Okay, you know what? I would say just because we are seeing Dando next month. That's right. Why don't you tell the stalkers where to find us? (laughs) And Yossi's home address is... God, this is really hard. I'd probably, I'd do like Joni Graham replacements. Joni Graham replacements. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mine is probably, fuck, this is really hard. Definitely replacements headlining. Um, That one I know with all my heart and soul. This is going to be a weird answer, but probably replacements, Lemonheads, and Jawbreaker. 
That's not a weird answer. That's like an extremely sense-making lineup. I know, but like- it's Why like, do you think it's weird? It's very difficult to leave out. Like, I want to see you two doing Octune Baby. Mm-hmm. And I want to see the fucking Chili Peppers on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic tour, you know? But yeah. Yeah. I think maybe because they're still touring in like an iteration that's at least vaguely honoring of the original, you know? Like, yeah, it's not like it's strayed so far from the path that it's like, this is so different Then I feel like I could just go see them now and probably exactly. really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. That's so why I did I'm, my, my Lemonheads revision there. I'm going to stick with my, my answer. Replacements, Lemonheads, Jawbreaker. Next question. Sup, babes. What advice would you give up to a 19-year-old that's addicted to the shindig? Love the show and keep on doing amazing work. Appreciate you guys. First of all, why are you whispering? (laughs) Are you like at his parents' house and he's like, they can't know I listen. They can't know I'm addicted to the shindig or that I listen to the podcast bands playing. (laughs) What advice would I give for someone who's addicted to the shindig? This is tough because I'm like, are you addicted to the shindig in the sense that like there's a 12-step program for that and like you need to fill the god-sized hole inside of you shindig or, recovery or are you like addicted to the shindig in the way producer dylan is or like me for example who had seven white claws yesterday and had a grand old time overdid it a little bit i need more information about in what sense and ways your addiction to the shindig is expressed Right. Like if it's a real problem or if it's more of, um, for me, addicted to the shindig, it's more about excitement. And I don't, I don't understand why being addicted to excitement is an issue. I don't even see it as excitement. I feel like it's like addicted to joy. Yeah. Which I feel like, you know, we're, we should all be addicted to the shindig. What else do we have? What else do we have besides experiencing joy on this earth? And through this podcast. That's what a shindig is spiritually. The shindig is a time-honored tradition through human history as a way to survive. Oh my God, no, I actually, I have an actual answer for this. It's like scientific that I learned at a dinner party this weekend. Okay. Apparently, our like Neanderthal level ancient ancestors all got together. Oh, stoned ape theory. That's what it's called. They all got together and ate like fermented fruit. And that's how our frontal lobes or cortex or something develop because Mm -hmm. we liked to party together. Like, okay. that's how humans became the dominant species is through partying. Sick. So I think it's an evolutionarily beneficial, advantageous trait to be addicted to the shindig. Yeah, listen. If Let me just make sure this isn't like a Joe Rogan thing really quick. Hold on. If the shindig is like what it is to me, which is, again, after seven white claws, you're leaving the music festival. You make your best friend put on slide by the goo goo dolls you roll down the windows and then you scream at unsuspecting uh pedestrians why don't you slide and they get startled but it's so funny then yes keep being addicted to the shindig babe it's a great thing to do spread the shindig around spread it around um next question okay this one is from someone on twitter and it's great in the biographical film about the band spleen phenomenon and its impact on culture mm. editorial note which we all know is massive who would you cast to play the roles of Yossi, Dylan, and David Matthews in the dream sequences? Fuck. It's a tough one. We workshopped this a little bit this week. We did. I said at the same time that producer Dylan said that 
she should be played by the wax figure of Shirley Temple. Stolen from Madame Tussauds. Stolen from Madame Tussauds. I would obviously be played by Emrata or maybe, you know, Kaya Gerber. Oh my God, you know what I just remembered? What? People think I look like Millie Bobby Brown. (laughs) That's a cool one. I mean, that's why um, someone recently asked me if you were 14. Yeah, and then at the dinner party before earlier, I said something about like, oh yeah, I read this book in college and this guy that I've never met goes, oh yeah, last year. I was like, why do they think that's a diss? You're like, yeah, thanks. I thanks. I look young. It's called retinol, dumbass. No, I don't know. Is it like, can we pick someone that's like from a different time? Why not? Because like probably Sarah Silverman would play me. Sarah Silverman's not from a different time. Well, I mean, she's older than me. So like Sarah Silverman 10 years ago. Okay. Who do I look like? Like a very young Meg Ryan. Yeah, she was sleepless in Seattle, so... David Matthews would obviously play himself. There's no question about that. Like he, when he acted on House MD. Okay, next question. Hi, Yossi. This is Jeremy from Cookville, Tennessee. I'm absolutely loving Bandsplain. It's the best podcast on earth right now. Uh, I'm 38 years old, so everything that you're saying is just aligning with how I grew up with music as well. My first tape ever was the Conehead soundtrack with Soul to Squeeze. My first CD was Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, my favorite song was Suck My Kiss, like still to this day, just an incredible song. Um, and I think we should host a show together called Art Splain, because I am actually an art professor at Tennessee Tech University. And the way you're talking about specific uh, music artists and influences and albums and that whole ecosystem is so similar to how the history of art works. Um, so I think having segments on specific artists, uh, unpacking specific works of art, how those specific works of, works of art influence other people. Um, that's how I teach my classes on a daily basis. So keep it in mind. Art Splain uh, with Yasi and Jeremy would be a sweet show. I love everything you're doing. Keep doing it. Was there a question in there? Yasi is too busy. But no, literally, was there a question? Or was that a business proposition? I think it was a pitch. That's okay. Comments are... I I mean, I wouldn't say welcome. We asked for questions, but comments... Comments are welcome. I don't know dick about art, so... But thank you, Jeremy, for the nice words, and I hope your students enjoy your class. We love school. Yossi went to school, like, five times, but, like, in an advanced way, not in, like, a redo way. Never learned anything. It's very impressive. Give me a compliment. Let's hear another voice memo. Hi, Yossi and producer Dylan. It's CK. Um, I have... I don't want to be that guy, but... I have like a three-parter, or it could be three questions. So the first part is, what did your family, your parents listen to when you were growing up? And did that influence you? Like, in a good or bad way, do you have a lifelong aversion to something that they always played? Or did it actually shape something that you like? The next is... Who do you think is criminally slept on, underrated or unheard of that you would like to expose to more listeners? They could be current. They could be from whenever. I'm just always curious about this. And then finally, 
who are the bands or artists who、um, you had an aversion to for you know your adolescence or most of your life or whatever, but now you like? And if so, I'm curious: was there a prompt? Was there a particular moment where you know you heard them in a certain context and you thought of them differently? Or you just sort of came around to them, or whatever. I'm very curious to hear the answers too. Love the pod. Bye. Thanks, CK. Those are some great questions. Yes, probing and intelligent questions. Was the first one parents? Yeah. Okay. Tell the story of your parents' musical taste. Yeah, my dad basically just listens to like you know Persian. Dirges, and he loves that I wear my sunglasses at night. Song. I wear my sunglasses at night. And <laughs> Anne Marie. So not a lot gleaned. Love him. Shout out Rob.、Um, but not a lot gleaned from his particular musical taste. My mom is essentially a gay man, so she was like always listened to like Hadaway and like Labouche, Be My Lover. The one thing she put me on to that I was always, you know, it was probably my first musical introduction was Madonna because she loved Madonna, and so like as like a young young child, I would listen to Madonna with her, and I thought Madonna was so fucking cool. Life is a yeah, I guess that kind of answers it. My my parents are, you know, they're immigrants and they didn't have the same kind of musical、uh, journey as maybe. Homegrown American people,、um, but I still, to this day, I still really love many Madonna albums. Like probably at least ten of them.、Uh, what about you, Patricia Dillon? The shows made me think about that a lot, oddly, because I'm like, why do I like what I like? My my best friend Joe brought this up, and she was like, "Oh, you like all this like classic rock and country shit because like your dad's a boomer and you probably listened to it growing up." But that's not really the case. He mostly just listened to. He listened to a lot of public radio and a、mm. lot of jazz and a lot of classical music, and then the shows he loved on public radio because he chose the music in the house were bluegrass and blues. Okay.、Um, so I hated country music because I was listening to like really traditional country music, but I do remember some kind of like Americana level music being played in the car, and then later on, like high school and college, I was like, oh yeah, like I fuck with this. And that's like really informed my taste. My mom didn't really like. She came out of the fucking woodwork when、um, Nancy Griffith died. I was at her house, and she was like, "I love Nancy Griffith," and I was like, "I had no idea. Like, you don't really like buy or interact with music in any way." But she was like crying and singing every song while she was eating her little barbecued ribs. It was really sweet. That is sweet. Um, and just simply a thought passed through my mind just now is that this. People are probably going to be like, "This is the number one most boring episode of Bands Plan," and I hear Possibly. you. Should we add some more spice? Yeah. Should we fight? Like about what though? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, the second question was, "Who is unheard of that you want to like reach a broader audience? Whether that's a past artist or a current artist." Hmm. What if I just said Turnstile? <laughs> I think they're reaching a pretty broad audience. That's why it's funny.、God. Okay, producer Dylan. This is not something I often think about. Like, I don't. I don't think I have like indignation over 
the reach of bands. I mean, there's bands I really like that, like, I like to tell people about. Like, I love Mannequin Pussy. I think they're really good, but I think they're doing just fine reaching people. I think Archers of Loaf is kind of slept on. In the like 90s, uh, you know, slack rock diaspora. <laughs> like, I don't think they get quite their due. All of Eric Bachman's bands, Crooked Fingers, is also really good. Um, not a lot of people listen to it, but it's not something I spend a lot of time thinking about. What about you? Yeah, I mean, there's like definitely bands and albums that I like root for, and I'm like, wow, this is so good. I wish this would be bigger. Yeah. But mostly it's like just my friends' bands, and I'm excited they did something really cool yeah I mean there's a lot more um in terms of like the indignation aspect I feel that a lot more with country music and country radio just because there's so many obstacles to being on the radio and that's still so a part of how people discover country music like I think like Haley Witters is one of the best country singers out there right now and just hasn't Mm. gotten as big as she should be like she should be on top 40 yeah. There's a few other country, like Randy Rogers band is really good. Kathleen yeah. Edwards. Okay. Um I it's mostly country that I feel the indignation. Sure. Otherwise I'm just like, yeah, keep playing small shows and let's hang. I guess I would tell everyone to listen to old wax idols, but they're not a band anymore. But I think they're fucking cool incredible. When I was a little SF rat. Iowana Gika's music is really amazing. I think doing something very different than other people, I think it's awesome. Mm. So put on the spot. Uh, I'm just like looking at my playlists. Yeah, I'm like, what do I like? (laughs) Babe, what do I like? You know, there's this little band called Dave Matthews Band. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. (laughs) Would really love if more people could direct their attention uh, towards... You're like the Stan accounts that create huge campaigns to get them like more streams and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like anything I would say, people are going to be like, I know that band, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like Caroline Polachek should be like a fucking superstar, but she's probably going to be one, right? She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. I think she'll probably be really big. Mine are just bands that already happened and, you know, Blake Babies, I thought were fucking incredible. And I think people don't talk about them as much as they should. This is one of those things where like in two hours when you're taking a shower, you're going to think of like 20 really good answers. Feels is a really good good. LA band um, that I really love. Toner, that's a really good Bay band that just put out a really good record. Yeah, I think, you know, you guys already know this, but my indignation mostly comes from bands that people write off as something based on simple context or like one song and don't take the time. Or like a shitty fan base. Yeah, and don't take the time to like realize that they're actually a really good band. Next question. The last part was... Next question within this next question, Next part. <laughs> it was something like uh, artists that you never gave the light of day to that now you love. Hmm. 
I definitely have a few. Why don't you go first? Because I have to think about it. My biggest one of all time mm-hmm. is Springsteen. I'm like a okay. huge Springsteen head and I've seen him a bunch of times, but it wasn't until I was 23 or 24 that I became a major head. Right. Um, and he's like absolutely one of my favorite artists of all time. And I feel really lucky to go back to tie this into the first question, CK. I feel really lucky like my dad didn't play his boomer rock around the house because I got to discover a lot of that on my own. Right. Um, and so I have like a very different relationship I think with that music than many people my age do usually through their parents mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac was a huge one you wrote them off yeah I could not stand Fleetwood Mac for most of my life and what? then in my early 20s I got my heart broken and I told my boss I was like I love Fleetwood Mac now and she's like it's because you got your heart broken and I was like that's wise I'm not like a big write-off bands person maybe a little bit honestly but I think the two, and we've done the episodes on them, so that's probably why. They're just bands I never got into for whatever reason. It wasn't because I thought they were whack or anything, which was like Ween and Wilco. Why do you fucking hate Wilco? But I ended up being like, oh, I really like this. You know, I really like Wilco. I really like, you know, a chunk of Ween stuff that I didn't know about before, especially like later Ween I really like that I just didn't really know about. Um, So I think those are the two bands that come to mind because I learned about them. Um, in more depth through this podcast when I had really just never bothered to spend time. Oh, yeah. And my, I just realized my most basic answer is Steely Dan. Like, I love <sighs> Steely Dan. And I just, I got the like, the Spotify, like a couple of years ago, it was like, you're in the top 1% of Steely Dan listeners. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just send me out to pasture. It's time for me to go. I've been trying, babe. Okay, next question. It's so mean. I know. Okay, Lexi says, I've listened to a bunch of episodes, but I wanted to thank you for that Red Hot Chili Peppers app. I'm a huge Peppers fan. I even have the tattoo. But Stadium Arcadium is the last time I listened to a new album of theirs. The band has actually been so important in my development as a human, and I kind of lost them along the way. They've never been the coolest band out there. That's up for debate, Lexi. I listened to your show a week or two ago and I've been devouring the earliest albums and I read Flea's book too. And I'm about to read Scar Tissue. I'm so pumped that John has rejoined the band and I can't wait for new music and hopefully they tour again. I keep like tearing up when I hear songs I haven't listened to in like a decade. No question. I just wanted to say thanks for this great podcast, but I probably won't listen to you too. LOL, Lexi. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So what I'm hearing here is I've listened to a lot, but I would only like to thank you for one of them. And I will absolutely not be listening to the YouTube episode. I mean, I'm not sure people know what we went through. How good it is? No, I'm talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I you know the what? BTS was harrowing. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, it was harrowing, but it was also like gorgeous and joyful and it was like a trip. We really gave that our all. And I feel like we yeah. really like got into like a spiritual philosophy based around the red hot chili peppers that like perhaps we still carry on to this day. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's definitely, we have some God episodes. We have some really godless episodes, but we have some really spiritual episodes as well. I think because the Chili Peps opened the door. Hello and welcome to Red Scare. Um, Okay, so I have, (laughs) 
We have one last write-in email. Dear Yossi and producer Dylan, thank you, period. Okay. I live in Auckland, not to be confused with Oakland. Okay, nobody was confused, babe. And we are currently back in a don't look at, talk to, or touch anyone COVID lockdown. I live alone, so apart from when the weather breaks, when I get outside, I'm back to being a loser, isolated in my apartment listening to music. You're not a loser. It's not your fault that you're on lockdown. Exactly, Dylan. Okay, hold on. I'm just reading a question. It's been cool to relive my loner teen years through your show. It's like hanging with my one friend in the back of English class talking about MXPX. Second MXPX mention. And also Um, we've never talked about MXPX. I mean, we've mentioned them on the show, but... It's been life-saving. An eternally grateful, massive thank you for the Lemonheads episode. I, too, have a real talent for laying in the sun. If we ever reopen the borders and you make it to the big smoke, I'd love to buy you some beers and talk shit. Keep up the good work. I responded to that email being like, jokes on you because we're gluten intolerant. So hit us up when Auckland gets White Claw. That was your response? Well, that's what I responded to producer Tari when he sent me the email of it. But I said, that's so sweet. Mm. And then I included that detail. Listen, babe. You are not a loser. First of all, being alone inside and listening to music is a gorgeous way to spend your time. And you sound really cool. What do you think I do every day? I'm not even on COVID lockdown. And I sit in my house alone and read books about music and listen to music. And I'm not a total loser. I'm an elite podcaster. And I'm hot on top of it. (laughs) So I want you to think about me when you're doing this and know... Mm -hmm. That you're, we're connected in that way. I also love, much like Dando, much like you, lying down. I've always said, contrary to popular belief, laying on the floor face down is a form of being okay. Oh my God, yeah, it's a meditation. Everyone thinks it's a cry for help. It's no. a form of being okay. If you see me lying face down on the floor and I have a pulse, just let me do that. On that note, people might be now more worried about you than they are about me. And that means successful episode, right? which no one is going to listen to. And um, I think probably Rob Harvilla and you will be... Uh, maybe Rob's mom. Maybe Rob's mom. But you guys will um, no longer hold the record for least listened to episode because it will soon be this one. Thank you, everybody who wrote in and sent in voice memos. Thank you for your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Yossi, I think your enthusiasm has been contagious on this episode. I think so, too. I said it already. Hello and welcome to Red Scare. We are taking a short break next week. I apologize in advance. We're so tired. (laughs) (laughs) You want to do a different version of that? We don't know what else to say. We're literally (laughs) taking a break because we're tired. This is radical vulnerability. (laughs) Yeah. I have so many books to read. We just need a chance to catch up a bit. So there's a real rock block coming down. A rock block is coming your fucking way, babe. Get your devil horns out. You're Mm -hmm. about to be partying soon, um, but we need a week off. In the meantime, please listen to the 33 and a third podcast here on Spotify. 
hosted by Prince Paul that producer Dylan and I also produce. It's very good and you will love it. We'll put a link uh, in the show notes of this episode and come back in two weeks for a new episode, episode of Fans Only, Only on Spotify. On Spotify. If you liked what you heard today, weird for you, but <laughs> subscribe for more episodes of Bandsplain only on Spotify. My guest today, bitch, was producer Dylan. Follow her on Twitter at Dylan Rupert. Huge thanks to all the people who wrote in emails and sent in voicemail questions. I hope that you were satisfied by our answers. Bandsplain is a Spotify original show. This episode was produced by the burn to my question, producer Dylan, a.k.a. Dylan Tupper Rupert, and edited by Nico Palela with help from Casey Simonson and Tari Miller. Executive producers for Bands Playing are Gina Delvac and me, Yasi Salat. Our gorgeous and catchy theme song was composed and performed by Bethany Cosentino and Jennifer Clavin and graciously recorded in Los Angeles by Carlos De La Garza. Special thanks to Felipe Guillermino, Robert Adler, Leah Edwards, David McDonough, Dana Meyerson, Jessica Hopper, and June Shine, a.k.a. Mommy's Bye Bye Juice. Come back every Thursday for a new episode of Bandsplain, only on Spotify. Okay, Batari, we did a joke. Can we go home now? I'm done. I'm tired.